Welcome to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast, coming to you from Gilbert, Arizona. We pray that God will bless your time as you listen. My dear brothers and sisters, May I presume that we are familiar with the Synoptic Gospels? Am I free to make such a presumption? Yes or no? Because if you say yes, I may ask you, what do you mean? What are the Synoptic Gospels? And why are we called? Why do we call them Synoptics? So, if you are not sure, better tell me not to presume. Am I to presume? (laughs) Okay. I will not presume. But if I'm to explain what synoptic gospels are, you may end up missing your lunch for the day. But uh, let me just say it in a sentence and very, very brief. The synoptic gospels are called synoptics because... They are Gospels that are similar in content. I think that's the simplest and commonest definition I can give you. They are similar in content in the sense that what Matthew, for example, says, you can easily find the same account, perhaps in a more detailed or in a more brief or in, in a more different way, but it's the same account that maybe John will give. But is John a synoptic gospel? No. John is not a synoptic gospel. So we have only three synoptic gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John is not, because when we look at the content of John's gospel, it's quite different from the content of Matthew, Mark, Luke. So that's why John is not a synoptic gospel. But are we talking about synoptic gospel today? No. But there's a point I'm trying to drive to, to lay a foundation to our today's gospel. And when we look at the temptation of Jesus in the synoptic gospels, you find out that Matthew reported the same account, Mark reported the same account, Luke reported the same account. But when you look at these three accounts, Mark was so economical with his account. So he gave us just very little of that temptation. Okay, let's forget about Mark then. Let's look at Matthew and Luke. When we look at the account of Jesus' temptation in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 to 11, then place it side side by side, with the account of Luke chapter 4 verses 1 to 13. 
My point of interest here is the conclusion of the account. In Matthew 4, verse 1, no, Matthew 4, verse 11, he concludes that after the temptation, Jesus left, the devil left Jesus alone, okay? And as soon as the devil left Jesus, the angels came and ministered to Jesus. That is how Matthew concludes his account of temptation of Jesus. But for Luke, Luke says in Luke chapter 4 verse 13 that the devil having exhausted all his temptations, he departed from Jesus till another time. Or we can put it this way. He left Jesus till another opportune time. So, my interest here is not on Matthew's conclusion, but my interest is on Luke's conclusion of Jesus' temptation. Why? Because Luke makes us to understand the devil does not give up. Is that? Am I making any sense here? The devil does not give up. If you think the devil gives up, then be careful, you may fall into his trap. The devil does not give up because the devil is an opportunist. That is what Luke is trying to tell us. The devil is an opportunist. He waits for any opportunity at his disposal, he strikes, just like a snake. When you meet a snake, a snake takes his time. Okay? He tries to steal your attention. If you are distracted, that is when the snake strikes. And if you are not careful, you'll be a victim. So the devil is an opportunist and he weighs for any opportunity. He does not rush. He does not rush. He takes his time. It could be how long, he doesn't care. He can wait. Why am I saying this? I am saying this for us to understand that in the gospel, we heard Jesus was at the synagogue in Capernaum. But we have to understand, this wasn't the first time of Jesus being in the synagogue. Jesus had been in the synagogue in different times. We realize that if we may remember, the other time he found himself in the synagogue and he asked for the scroll. And what did they hand him over? The prophecy of Isaiah. When he opened the scroll, he started reading. The son of man has come to bring liberation to the captive. To set prisoners free. To give the blind sight. The deaf to hear again. And to raise the dead back to life. And he said, this prophecy has been fulfilled, meaning he was referring to him. But today is another different time, different uh, synagogue. Jesus found himself in and he started teaching. As I told you, the devil is an opportunist. 
So he realized. Because when we look at Matthew's outline of his gospel, how he presented all his accounts of Jesus' life and ministry in his gospel, you will understand why Matthew, uh, Mark brings this problem at this point in time. He first started by bringing John the Baptist as a forebearer of Jesus. Having introduced John the Baptist, he introduced Jesus. Jesus coming into being. And then from there, he brings out the baptism of Jesus to prepare him. After the baptism, he brings in the, the temptation. After the temptation, now he goes about to tell us how Jesus was ready for his ministry and he needed some workers, some laborers to help him. And that was when Mark brings about the call of his disciples. Now, Mark in his account makes us to understand now that Jesus is ready and he has gotten enough hands to help him in his work is to begin the work. Now he went to the synagogue and he started preaching. Then the devil appeared. The devil appeared because that was the right time for him to ridicule Jesus, for him to make Jesus understand that he cannot succeed in his mission. And he embarrassed him publicly. Oh, we know who you are. Oh, we know. What can you do with us? Are you here to destroy us? Okay, let's see. The devil became so violent by possessing this innocent man. It wasn't the man who was speaking. Jesus knew this man was innocent. But the devil was using him to speak. And the devil wanted Jesus to reply or to respond by being violent. But here Jesus exercised his authority over the devil. And in Mark Gospel chapter 1 verse 25 we heard how Jesus says, Be quiet, get out of him now. By words. He commanded and it came to be by word. And that is why, my dear brothers and sisters, we heard how the people who listened to Jesus, who saw what happened, they were kept spellbound. They were so amazed. Who is this guy? Who is this guy with this kind of authority commanding the evil and the evil forces will respect and obey him, this man must be a great man. Jesus had to use the authority because when we look at what the church father tells us in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 516, all about Jesus from his conception, his suffering, even his death and resurrection is just to reveal God the Father to us. So all about Jesus is a revelation of God who sent him for this mission. And that is why he was using that authority so that the devil would know he can never succeed. And brothers and sisters, 
with God on our side, nothing can make us to fall. The question is, why should the church bring this kind of gospel to us at this point in time? This gospel, it is apt and it is necessary for us at this time because it, the church wants us to wake up from our complacency. A lot of us are complacent. We are complacent in the sense that we think that some sins cannot make us to fall. Some sins cannot deny us salvation. We are complacent because we have allowed the devil to possess us. We are complacent because we have opened a window for the devil to come in, even in our families, to destroy our families. There are some husband and wife today, they are not even talking to themselves. Simply because of one misunderstanding or the other. Brothers and sisters, anytime you cease to communicate as a couple, anytime you cease to reconcile when there is problem, you are opening up a window for the devil to come into your family and destroy. Because the devil is an opportunist. And the devil does not give up. So there is need for us to wake up. The gospel today is a call, a, 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 a wake up call. We must have to wake up from our slumber. We must have to rise up to our responsibilities as believers, as Catholics, and as true and faithful committed people of God. We are so complacent. We are complacent to the extent that some of us, we have given ourselves so cheaply to the devil through pornography and masturbation. We are so complacent that some of us have cheaply given ourselves to gossip. We are giving ourselves to the devil by gossiping. The mouth does not keep quiet. No, no hydraulic in our mouth to even apply brake. You know a car, when a car runs out of hydraulic, what happens? Brake fails. I'm not an engineer, but I want to believe that when you run short of your hydraulics, you can't get good, good brake. We talk, we talk. We have given ourselves so cheaply to the devil. We have given ourselves so cheaply to the devil by lying. Some of us will lie even when we ought not to lie. Some of us will lie even nobody is expecting us to lie. Because we have already given ourselves so cheaply to the devil. We are so complacent. And that is why St. Paul in the second reading is encouraging us. We cannot afford to be complacent. We must be conscious of the fact that the devil does not give up and we must have to rise up and listen to the voice of God so that we cannot harden our heart. And that's why St. Peter we encourage us brothers and sisters. 
We must be calm, but be vigilant. Because the devil is prowling round like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. You could be that someone that the devil will devour. I could be the someone that the devil is looking for to devour. Any of us could be that someone that the devil is looking for to devour. And St. Peter tells us, we must resist the devil in every way and remain steadfast in faith. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 to 9. How ready are we to resist the devil? How ready are we to resist the devil by giving ourselves so cheaply to him? Remember, we cannot afford to be complacent in our life because he is an opportunist and he is waiting for that window. Once we give him that little window, he comes in and destroys and he does not waste time. He destroys immediately. I want to believe some of you have experienced this. Have you ever promised yourself to be a better believer? To be a better, a better Catholic? Maybe you say, okay, this time around, I want to be more prayerful. I want to be more holy. I want to visit the confessional all the time, frequently, so that at least I will keep myself clean. Do you know the moment you take this resolution, that is when you find yourself in a serious battle with the devil. Because the more you want to pray constantly, the more the devil distracts you from praying. Have you experienced something like that? The more you want to be holy, the more you find yourself committing one sin or the other. The more you want to come to confession, to visit the confessional, the more you find reasons why you should not come for confession. That is the devil for you. That is the devil for you. Because he wants to stop you coming closer to God. And that is why today, my dear brothers and sisters, the church invites us to wake up. Wake up from your complacency. Seek the face of God while he is still to be found. It is said, little things are little things. But faithfulness in little things is something great. May God grant us the grace to be faithful to those little things that the devil can take advantage of us and possess us to destroy us. That Jesus, who taught with authority, may he always be by our side to speak on our behalf, to command on our behalf, so that we can be set free from the shackles of the devil through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast. For additional podcasts and media, visit us on the web at www.stanneaz.org. Again, that's 
www.stanneaz.org. St. Anne, pray for us.